That's a good question, all right. And uh, we always say that a domain, it's like a forward economic indicator, but of somebody's digital intention. So when somebody registers a domain name, they intend to use it for something. And that something is generally to set up a website, to have email, um, and from there to run, let's say, um, a small business perhaps, or just to give their customers information about who they are and where they operate. Other reasons to set up would be to run a marketing campaign, or you might have a domain temporarily for an event like um, uh, Electric Picnic 2023. So you'll keep that for two years maybe, and then you might drop it then after that. So lots of reasons to set it up, but what it says is that, you know, the people in Clare are very interested in doing things um, digitally. And while that's very impressive that I suppose look when you look at it as a whole in the space of two new two years, that's over fourteen hundred uh, new websites registered in Clare. Do you have any indication generally, even on a national level, what proportion of them would be businesses? Yes, yeah, slightly under half. It used to be about three quarters were half, but it has dropped in recent years. And one trend we see is that people don't really want to rely on social media as much as before. There's a bit of a fear that the algorithms may not be directing the, the, the traffic to where they want them to go. So what we're seeing is that small business or solo entrepreneurs, they'll say, look, if I have a website, I can use social media just to direct uh, customers or direct their people to that website. And they have more control over what's on the website. They can have more info about their customers, who they are, and they can stay in touch with customers better by having a website than solely relying on social media. So that's why we see the split reducing from you know legal legal entities, companies, to uh, to individuals as well. And David, it's not just registering and facilitating new websites that you do. You also detect cyber attacks. And all we have to do is look at the news and look at recent attacks on the HSE cyber system. Uh, the PSNI in Northern Ireland got it pretty badly. And indeed, a number of technological universities saw personal data of students and in some cases of lecturers leaked in attacks last year. You prevented 500, well, detected at least 552 of them last year. That's true. That's that's something we think is very important and it helps um, it helps domain.ie domain holders kind of sleep better at night knowing that there's somebody out there that's just keeping a helpful eye on their website. We don't guarantee that we'll find everything, but we have a company called, um, a service provider called Netcraft and they look at, they do monitoring services. So they have um, this ability to spot phishing attacks or um, skimmers or uh, bots, etc. And they will let us know and they will let the hosting provider know. And then either of those will get in touch with the owner of the website to say, look, what, this, this agency has spotted something on your website. And then perhaps you need to take a look. So usually what happens is that our registrar then will work with that SME to say, look, how do we, how do we address this, uh, this phishing attack on your website? So it, it's, it's a, a good comfort to the business owner. Um, and a lot of the times Netcraft is telling them that the, there's an exploit happened on their website that they weren't even aware about. It's a scary thing, as you know, is, is, a, is a particularly scary one. It, it is. And my apologies for, for, my, for my early, my early interjection there. But it, it, is, it is a scary thought to think that you're dealing with more than one cyber attack a day. Yes, and they're increasing, unfortunately. The hackers are very nimble and they keep finding new ways of trying to look legitimate 
and to fool people into handing over their credit card details or even worse, their bank details. So they're, they're very smart people. And, you know, together with the hosting providers that we work with, we're kind of happy to put some service in, in place that, that helps a little bit to kind of balance out the, the threats and the risks. And something that might go towards mitigating that is that we have new EU cyber regulations, uh, namely the NIS2, which are due to come into effect by the end of this year. Um, for many now, NIS2 will, will come across straight away as, as jargon. What can you tell us yes. about this, David? So that's a new directive from Europe that's trying to respond to all of these cyber attacks that hit, especially during and after the pandemic. And what they're saying is, look, together, these hackers are operating cross-border. So as countries in Europe, we need to work together cross-border to try and mitigate attacks. So what they're doing is to say, look, we will put a directive in place that, that forces company directors to take responsibility for cybersecurity. Now, as usual with these directives, there's carrot and stick. There's a fair amount of stick in this one, I'm afraid, um, because there is a penalty regime and a very strict supervisory regime. But as my grandfather would have said, you have to be cruel to be kind sometimes because by forcing companies and public utilities to put these controls in place, it will actually protect consumers. So we won't ought not to have a repeat of the ransomware attack on the health service or even um, last year, you might have heard of the, um, there was an attack on the water infrastructure in, um, in Eris, in County Mayo, that it was a private water scheme and the hack attack uh, took down the water, the water supply for two whole days before they could rectify it. So they're the kind of attacks that, you know, we don't want happening. And that means putting regulations really on companies and in particular on the board of directors to take responsibility to put risk management um, systems in place. So whether that's ISO or whether it's some other international standard, but what you do is you put your plans in place, you have a business continuity plan, you're always looking for risks and you're mitigating the risks um, so that uh, you know the chances of a real loss um, are, are minimized. And, and one good thing about all of those directives is that they're saying that you must share information about them. Now, that's not good for the company that has just been hacked, but what it does do, it warns other companies of this type of attack and it helps them to improve their defences. And it also tells consumers, I guess, that there is a chance that their personal details have been hacked and they might want to change a password or change a credit card, etc. And just finally, David, we can see as well that 88, over 88% of all websites that are currently on the .ie registry do not have e-commerce functionality. And I know straight off the bat, you told me that roughly only half of new websites that register each year are businesses. But does that indicate to you that a lot of the businesses that are setting up their new websites, they could be getting more out of them? That's exactly what it tells us. Now, when somebody registers a, a domain initially, they might have, let's say, low ambitions initially just to have a website that tells who they are. You might call that a brochureware type website. But over time, then they build up experience and then they might want to go to e-commerce. So, you know, it's, it's really important that as government supports are there to help people set up websites. And you might know that the Leos, for instance, have a trading online voucher scheme and they will match fund if an SME is building uh, e-commerce into their website. And that's really good. So, um, 
yes, having the website is a great start. And after that, we would say, if it suits your business, and it doesn't suit every business, but if it suits your business to start selling online, then by all means, um, upgrade to an e-commerce uh, type platform. They're expensive to put in place and you need to change your processes as well. You know, you'll be getting returns, you'll be getting um, non-deliveries and so on. So, you know, it's it's not easy and uh, going step by step is probably a good strategy to, to start easy with, with a simple website and really build from there then into an e-commerce presence.